Welcome back to another episode of Stay Oriented Podcast. I am Casey, and here's my brother. What's up, comrades? I'm Carrie. What do I call my peoples, man? You get to call your peoples <laughs> comrades? I don't know. Call we just them. call them all comrades. Okay, we're all in this comrades. together. Yeah, we're, we're com- com- what? <laughs> we're communists, what? <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Uh, why did the word comrade, why did the com- word comrade get completely swallowed up by communism, I think that's like comrade they, was an uh, like camaraderie, right? It came from before communists came around. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, which is like brotherly love, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but then comrade. comrade we, the, mo- the moment you mentioned the word comrade, in my mind, maybe I'm the one that's weird and crazy, but I think communism right off the bat. I think most people. I think do. I think of Russians. Yeah, I mean that's that's the where it did come from. Yeah. Comrade. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why it just has like that Better. bad. Uh, stigma to it, but it, it, it did have a good meaning to it at first, I think. I would say so. Yeah, and I, I don't know why communism has a, has a bad stigma. Well, I don't know why. I just got lost in translation, yeah. I think. Maybe after all the millions of people that Because communism, uh, I think they, it came from... Uh, I think they came from the, like, the root word of like a commune or something, right? And uh, like people would like yeah. live in it's a village to a, together... Yeah. Have like a shared a, good thing. a shared garden, um, you know, like a commune, like a common area. Everybody kind of shared everything, and yeah. I think that's the idea behind communism. But I, I think when it like it comes to like a a large scale country, it, it hasn't worked out very well for anybody. It's more. It, I think it works I think only it well only like a small village. any scale. Yeah, maybe, but even then, I feel like it probably might not actually work. Probably because not. Ideally, it does. People, but yeah, human nature, greed. People should be treated equally, but people, by and large, are not the same. I'm not going to say people aren't equal. Yeah, people should be treated equally, but people aren't the same. And so, by nature, not being the same, there is a. It plays into that weird space of like, well, what does it really mean to be equal? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and communism kind of like takes it. Like we are equal down to the core, down to the bone. Well, that's funny. Yes. That they treat everyone say, equal, but the states, the governments, they don't see themselves as equal. That's the difference. Yeah, there's still there's still a a hierarchy or yeah, a it's bureaucracy weird, like, there. Uh, communism doesn't. Yeah, communism does not does not like hierarchies. Yes. Yeah. But yet they lean into the government. They lean into their the state. To, to kind of lead the way, which then it, in turn is just a hierarchy in and of itself. This is very weird, yeah. very weird concept. There was this uh, short story we read in school. I'm pretty sure you did too. A short story about communism in school? Uh, I don't know. Hold on. Actually, I didn't know what communism meant until like maybe a couple of years ago. I really didn't know. What, I, I was like, anytime anyone mentioned communism, I, I understood like, oh, on paper, it sounds great, but if you play it out, it doesn't work. And I'm like, I don't know how why, or why it Harrison doesn't work. Harrison Bergeron. That's just what I've been told. Harrison Bergeron. It's written it by Kurt Vonnegut. It was a short story, read it in school, and it was about this like dystopian futuristic society 
um kind of like a ray bradbury like 19 or not uh fahrenheit 451 kind of scenario where this is this dystopian future yeah. or and, 1984 yes yeah yeah it might be written in the same time period as all those but it has that same vibe but it's about um, this guy who's like, I, I, he's like this strong, muscular, handsome, smart guy. But in the society, everyone has to be equal. So if you're too strong, they're going to put like, you're, they're going to make you wear weights on you so that you're weaker. Or if you're too weak, then you're going to, you know what? That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make if any, you yeah. put weights on, <laughs> you don't you just get stronger? Yeah. So like, yeah, I feel like if you're if you're ugly, they're gonna like put a beautiful mask on you. If you look too pretty, they're gonna put like an ugly mask on you. Basically, they they'll um, they'll compensate whatever you lack for, and then whatever you do have, they'll take away from you so that everyone's on an even playing field. And it's uh, and I'm probably botching the entire short story for all of you people that do know it, but it's like the main idea of it is communism, I think. And the main character's name is Harrison Bergeron. He's like this really strong, tall, handsome, smart guy that basically tries to buck the system. And uh, I think they end up killing him in the end. It's just a short story, but I always remember that story when I think of communism. How, yeah, no one's the same, and we should. Yeah, don't go against the commune. The commune <laughs> comes, comes and kills you. Yeah, that's but, the uh, less morals of that story. <laughs> if you look at that's it that the moral way, of, uh, there's a really famous, there's a real famous uh, book about communism written by a Russian dude who lived through. Oh, he talks about the Gulag, uh, Soviet Union, right? Uh, Solzhenitsyn? Gulags, yeah, 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 exactly. The uh, Gulag Archipelago yes. or something. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, that's it. The hardest name to ever say. Yes. Solzhenitsyn or it's something. It's like, it's almost like, don't ever read this book because you can't ever pronounce it. Yeah, I uh, I have an affinity for um, Soviet, like Russian stuff. So I did a little research on Yeah, you're a communist. I know you were. I'm not. I'm not a <laughs> communist. <laughs> but I like, it's, it's, it looks are you, are cool. You sure they about got that, some comrade? nice branding. Comrade. <laughs> Comrade, are you sure about that? <laughs> yeah, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, which is crazy. I don't know. You got that red background behind you. Oh, you got the red background behind what you. What if I um, what if I made this yellow? Uh, I guess it doesn't really, doesn't really uh, blend as well. Oh, you, you, that red is permanent, man. You're permanently communist. I can change that too, but uh, <laughs> I like the red. I like the red. I like red. But um, I don't worry about it. Okay, I know, I know you're not communist. Yeah, but yeah, what's so cool say, about, or actually not cool, what's crazy about the Alexander Solzhenitsyn book about the Gulag thing, apparently it's a fictional book. Yeah, not to say that, that oh yeah. Yeah, not to say that the stuff in there didn't happen. <laughs> it's, but, it's a fictional book. Yeah. yeah it's, I think it's a fictional book written by a guy who was, went, went through, through the it, stuff. Yeah. But he created a fictional account of it. Yes, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or a guy that was around, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think I just know that whoever wrote it, he was very close to the source. Mm -hmm. Very close yeah. to the source. And it's one of those, mo the most credible literary works to have uh, basically been to, used to, to kind of, or like uh, to document communism. what happened in the gulags. Yeah, it, it, spread, it spread the awareness mm -hmm. of what was actually happening. Um, because in a communist state, everything is state run. So a lot, very few uh, media outlets, you know, get to escape its mm -hmm. grasp, report the country's it. grasp. And so for that book to actually, you know, make its way out, I think it was one of the major contributing factors for communism to collapse in Soviet Russia. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah have you been watching the Mavericks with uh, Kyrie? 
I, I haven't yeah. really seen it. I saw like the end of the yes. game that they lost to over the weekend. <clears throat> I have so many thoughts about Kyrie Irving joining the Mavericks. Yeah, so uh, I was so excited that he came to Dallas because we ne- like like we said in the last episode, we know we don't get these types of players getting traded or even signing with the Dallas Mavericks. So for him to be traded here it was like what a second star that we didn't actually not a homegrown star you know and then and then I don't know like he played the first two games without Luka Luka was injured right he looked amazing I'm like oh my god I could just wait till you add Luka to the mix you know and then they played their first game together and I'm like oh my god what just happened did we just have the worst trade in the history of the NBA which it could possibly could because the narrative behind it is that Kyrie is probably the most volatile player you could possibly have wanted on your team and uh and and it just doesn't seem like it's working with the two of them i i know they need to get used to each other right Mm -hmm, like the chemistry i hope the mavs do better with Kyrie and luca together because i hate to see Kyrie leave at the end of the season though i wouldn't really be surprised either but um because i know he just got traded here it wasn't his choice exactly but uh speaking of Kyrie, you know he was known to be a controversial yeah he's uh, he's a earth Flat Earther, that was, but that's just the, that was just yeah. the beginning. Then he was like anti vax, yeah. but yeah, and then, like then anti. What's the latest anti? Anti? Oh, yeah, anti-Semitism. Well, I don't want to say anything that was anti-Semitic, but they called him that. Um, but yeah, but but going back to the flat Earth thing, oh. um, I like ran across this theory on the internet talking about the um, the the Chinese balloon that happened like a week or two ago, and uh, so. And, you know, in the flatter theory, outer space doesn't exist, basically. Like, it's just this is the Earth and this is it and outer space is fake. And um, they were mentioning how that NASA, and this is actually a true fact right here, is that NASA is the world's, like, largest consumer of helium. And this is actually true. I looked it up online. It's actually on their website. Because they throw a lot of birthday parties, uh, well, obviously. It's, it's all over the website, but it... <laughs> but their website mentions how much helium they use. So they... Um, they selected three companies to supply 1.4 million liters of liquid helium and 87.7 million standard cubic feet of gaseous, gaseous helium for use at facilities all across their agency, which is kind of weird. It's like, what does NASA really need all this helium for, right? Well, you know, when they uh, land on the moon so again. What the theory is. When they land on the moon again, they have to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> they need a lot of balloons for that celebration. It's a big deal, man. <laughs> they're gonna pick up the moon like an up <laughs> yeah. Or the, they're, yeah. they're, it's r&d man. They're a playing, moon balloon they're paying for r&d they, they're like you know what fossil fuels are bad we don't want to burn the, the the ozone anymore so what we're gonna do is we're gonna float our spaceship into outer space <laughs> they're like thanks pixar thanks for that idea yeah. but um anyways back to that theory um what was it uh so there's no outer space in the flat earth theory. NASA is the largest consumer of helium for whatever reason. And so the theory is that there are no satellites in outer space because there's no outer space in this theory. There's, so there's no satellites in orbit across uh, going, you know, going around the earth. So all of our satellites are actually just floating really high up in our atmosphere on balloons. So basically alluding to what looked like that Chinese balloon that they found in Montana. And um, this theory is that, you know, that was a slip up for NASA. The one of their balloons didn't have enough helium. It started 
started coming down and the government was like, oh shit, we gotta, we gotta like, you know, we gotta do some like damage control it's here. So, you know, fault. they do the whole theatrics of, exactly, this is a Chinese, you know, spy balloon. Them China, you know, China, they wait three China days or whatever. Us. <laughs> they wait three days or whatever to shoot it down. And then uh, now, I, I'm pretty sure you heard about these weird, like, Un- unidentified objects being shot down like in UFOs, Alaska, yeah. uh, Canada and over Lake Huron which is really close to Canada and so theory is that you know all these UFOs that are being shot down are just um, kind of a cover-up of the Chinese balloon so you know they can't get rid of that Chinese balloon story so what they do is they just stack more stories on top to probably like scare us into something or you know just like oh forget about that chinese balloon what about these aliens you know <laughs> you have foes man <laughs> We're all yeah so in. i thought that was i thought that was interesting and i'm like oh shit i don't know maybe you know you know you never know because yep. to me it's just like why would why would china just send this balloon over here like nobody would notice you know because they're china and they're communists i just don't think they need if they want to spy you're trying to protect us, china then aren't you a balloon you're protecting china you <laughs> communist <laughs> i am a comrade you're a comrade i spit nuts all over i nutted all over my microphone <laughs> i'm eating nuts <clears throat> yeah i i'm hungry too mm-hmm been actually eating my my uh canes chicken that's cold now <laughs> but uh the whole flat earth thing is always really interesting to me because i yeah I, uh, mm-hmm. I read into it too before just to see like what what people are on about like what, what the fuck are you talking about the idea of having what they call it an affirmament right affirmament yeah which is it, a lot of ancient uh civilizations they actually also refer to this firmament mm-hmm. thing but at the same time it's like well they didn't know what rain and clouds were back then either yeah so the firmament supposedly is like this dome-shaped force field around our land and then there's like waters above it mm-hmm. so you know in ancient times without modern technology they could just think that there's water up there you know, like we're in some giant fishbowl kind of like thing. We're a, or, yeah, we're in a, <clears throat> a bubble. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not smarter, smart enough to like uh, to uh, prove or disprove anything at all. Yeah. I don't think any of us really know. We're just, we just go by whatever they like, teach us in school. Yeah. But um, the news tells us. You know, it, does, it does sound weird that we are like on this ball that's like spinning a thousand miles an hour going like thousands of miles per hour, like shooting across space while like orbiting the sun and all this crap with like other asteroids and comets flying everywhere true i don't know it, it, it does sound nuts. both 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 the flat earth theory and our um our outer space sound nuts to me like if you didn't know <laughs> both of these yeah, if you didn't know about either one concept both of them and are like somebody told you about them you're like what what <laughs> and then the other one would be like no, God created us in seven days. <laughs> like, that sounds like a nuts too. What are you talking about? It's six days. It's six days. God oh, rested on the it, seventh. Damn it, I got it wrong. <laughs> right, Sunday. Yeah, but, um, Sunday, you must rest. Yeah, but either way, though, I can tell you that I don't think we landed on the moon, though. Cause I was going to ask you, do you, believe, do you believe in the moon landing? Or Stanley I don't Kubrick think so. made I a think, movie? 
I'm more on the track to believing the Stanley Kubrick thing. Like, they used him to create this because of the, uh, was it Space Odyssey 2001? Yeah, that movie came out in 19... No, I mean, Before the yeah, movie. Yeah, right. Okay, so, moon landing yeah. happened. I think, I mean, you're the movie guy. You should know. But Google's a movie guy. But yeah, so that's the theory is that the moon landing was actually directed by Stanley Kubrick. Um, because, like, if you just, like... Sure, you can say that I'm nuts for not thinking that we land on the moon. But if you ever watch the video footage of the moon landing, it looks so fake. Like, like the space shuttle and like all the equipment on there is all flimsy and like waving around, like it's made out of like tin foil or something. You know, it's just crazy. Okay, yeah, like, moon just landing was an, uh, uh, a year after 2001: Space Odyssey came out, meaning. Yeah. Most likely they filmed 2001 Space Odyssey in 1967 and then Moon Landing is 1969. Hmm, okay. Weird. You remember that video I sent uh, you and Tiff? It was like um, it was like a skit of this uh, guy in a classroom and he was like, oh, this is the video footage of the first phone call on, uh, or not the first phone call, but this is the first video of the, the first man landing on the moon and the student's like, well... If he's the first guy that stepped on the moon, then who filmed it? <laughs> yeah. You know, like someone had to step outside of the uh, the space shuttle to set up the camera. And mind you, we didn't have GoPros 50 years ago to just like, no. you know, just like fish out there and then turn back and record right. us. Like, there's it, no selfie stick. He's not, he wasn't holding a selfie yeah, stick. There's no sel- yeah, exactly. The, no, the real so kicker, like, like, the real kicker is, correct me if I'm wrong in the comments or Carrie, if you know. But I, I want to say that the camera that was filming, uh, filming Neil Armstrong step on the moon, the first person to ever step out onto the moon, that moment, that camera seems to be manned by a cameraman. It wasn't like on a tripod. It has to have been. It was literally moving yeah. along with uh, Neil Armstrong as if someone was holding yeah. the camera. And back then it's like, yeah, no GoPros. Like all the cameras are gigantic. It's on your shoulder. There's a shoulder rig, and they're just like filming this guy walk down. Uh, and I'm like, was he not the first person on the moon? He had to set up the yeah. camera and everything. Neil Armstrong's okay. So if we land on the moon, Neil Armstrong's not the first person, first man to step foot on the moon. The cameraman was. Yeah, whoever that guy is. He's like so. Also yeah, Neil never, Armstrong. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we sent two Neil Armstrongs up in space. <laughs> or maybe well yeah because they said that that was the first step right so either they lied about who the first man like, was Bob, to step on don't the moon step on or, the fucking moon man do not or, touch it or neil armstrong stepped on the moon before that shot set up the camera himself and learned all about cameras and then went back on the spaceship just to step back out again so he he was vlogging he was he the, the all the vlogging all yeah, the youtubers the do that nowadays vloggers. where they set up the camera yeah. and then they and they go to their car <laughs> and they drive up to something <laughs> he was doing that okay that's, cool that's exactly he's the first vlogger wow first vlogger he's a, the ahead of his time and you know what's funny about the um the moon landing is that they supposedly called the president of the united states from the moon do you remember that Mm-mm. If you look it up, there's like a video of a phone call with uh, Nixon or whoever the president was. And he was like talking to Neil Armstrong or ah, correct me if I'm wrong. They had a phone conversation from the moon to the White House during the moon landing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. Maybe. (laughs) 
maybe yeah look it up later look it up later it's just like okay whatever mm-hmm. but you know you know with hollywood nowadays like anything honestly can be faked you know anything anything they got you got transformers all these like heavily cgi movies nowadays like who's to say you know they're not working with news production companies so like i don't know true very true did you did you Create hear did you hear about um speaking of news companies did you hear about uh how they're saying that the chinese balloon uh was in fact possibly just a, a balloon uh, blown off course uh, said by a U.S. official now. U.S. now is backtracking on their story of it being like some sort of a spy invasion of China. Wait, wait, wait. So what? I'm confused. Some uh, U.S. officials are coming mm-hmm. out and saying that they have been tracking the, that Chinese balloon from China. They knew it when it took off. They knew that. And they tracked it. And now they're saying that they did know that it got blown off course. Because it was headed towards Guam, and when it got to Guam or near Guam, it suddenly took a, a it veered off because some strong winds took it across the entire continent of North America, all the way to South Carolina. That sounds fishy, yeah. But that's, it sounds as fishy as look them, it up though. Like it's, it's official. Okay, okay, it's official I will. news. I will. And, and that sounds as stupid as like uh, like saying like oh when Trump was president, you know. Uh, he also had spy balloons come into the country. And it's like, well, how come they didn't know then? And if you didn't know then, how do you know now that that's what happened? Yeah. It's like, it's just so <laughs> convenient that you bring it up now. We will maybe never know, to be honest. They might just, it'll this probably will just get buried under, you know, as new cycles keep coming. Yeah. I think they'll just kind of stop talking it. about it. China yeah. flew a balloon. A weather balloon over one of the most top secret uh, uh, military bases over Montana. And we just let it skid by and we shot it down days later. That's that's what I remember. In South Carolina. Yes. It flew all the way across America. And who knows how much more stuff it supposedly would have picked up. There is a good actually, alibi. You know There's a good alibi. They didn't want to okay. shoot it down over land. They wanted to shoot it down over water because they didn't want to endanger people. For that reason, I'm like... Fine. I can understand why they didn't shoot it down. You know what would have been better? And if I was the U.S. government, I should have probably thought of is what if they just had like (laughs) four drones holding a net, you know, and they fly it under the balloon, catch it, shoot the balloon and it just catches it. And then it just, you know, like wraps it up like a Christmas present. (laughs) That's a good or, idea. Or something I like was that, gonna say. Right? I was gonna say, why didn't they just fly a big ass fan up there and just blow it the other way? <laughs> we don't want your stinking balloon <sighs> and just blow it back to China. Yeah, because like, do you really have to shoot it down? How thick is this balloon? Can you just poke it with a knife? You know, it was three cars worth, right? It was like as big as three cars put together. Really? Or three buses or something? Three vehicles of some sort. It's that big? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. I just saw a picture of it. I, I, I don't know oh, in comparison. Here's another thing. The size, here's another thing. Like. They used $2 million of our taxpayers' money to send a missile, $2 million missile, go to, to go destroy a balloon from what they can gather was only worth about $200,000 of tech in that balloon. 
I really think they could have used like a sniper rifle and just snipe it out. Right? Like in the video games, when we, think... when we play our video games, we just take little like pistols and machine guns and Halo and we just start shooting at the biggest, most high tech alien thing ever. And it usually blows it up after like, you know, 20 minutes of just uh, button smashing. They should have just done yeah, that. Yeah. And, and this is a balloon, you know, <laughs> it's it's not made out of metal. It's not, I don't know. I don't think a missile is needed to take it down. True. Um, So it's, Three buses large? Okay. I think so. Well, I guess maybe maybe my theory with the net wouldn't have worked then. I thought this balloon you was You just got to like... have a big net. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those nets they have at golf courses, uh, like Top Golf, to make sure it isn't like the balls don't fly away. Right, right, right. How do you feel about the China-US uh, tensions now as a Chinese-American? Because that kind of, you know, if we go to war or if tensions get weirder and stranger... Do you think it would incite the Asian hate stuff again? Like, would they be like, oh, you're a chink. You're a Chinese person. Yeah, I think so. Um, just because, like, which is really ironic. I, I feel like, like the Democrats, they really want to like, destroy Russia and fight Russia. And, like, the Republicans are like, oh, no, we, don't, we shouldn't fight the Russians. But... We should shoot. The, we should fight the Chinese, you know. So I feel like it's the same. It's the same allegorical uh, narrative on both sides, but and, with different superpowers. Yeah, and then the, the, these two. Because I don't think the Democrats. The Democrats aren't mm -hmm. like the Democrats. I don't think they're too big on trying to fight China. But I, I'm hearing it from the the right side of politics, where they like really want to ramp things up with China. It, it sounds like. And um, yeah, so I I don't like I don't like either of these conflicts. I I don't think. It's really a, a war we should be fighting. But yeah, because yeah, you're mean, a communist. Just... <laughs> 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 of course, that's what a communist would say. That's what a communist would say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, just looking at how like, not, not to even really talk about the war directly, but like I saw articles where like, I, I don't think this was satire. I think this was a real um, article, but like they weren't allowing, like in cat competitions, they weren't allowing the Russian blue cat to be entered into these competitions just because they're Russian blues or something oh, like wow. that. Oh, wow. My brain did, just did like mental Olympics because if initially I thought you were referring to cats, which I now know that you are referring I am to cats. referring to cats. But then yeah. I, I was like, what's a blue cat? And I was like, that sounds like some high tech, like, uh, like naval <laughs> airplane thing. Oh, that fly that blue cat over there and bomb the village. Or you know, like, ooh, what's a blue cat? Yeah. So blue cat this was last cat. year. This was like right after the uh, the conflict. The you know went international with the whole Russia Ukraine thing. But from NPR on March third, twenty twenty two, there's an article that says the United Nation of Cat Federations bans Russian cats from its competitions. Why? Just because they're Russian. What did the think cats like, do to you? I don't even. Yeah, I don't even think it's like the cats have to be from Russia. It's like this breed of cat could not be a part of this comp these competitions because they're named Russian blues. Or actually, you know what? Let me see. I might be wrong. What are they that. As of Tuesday? No cats about. bred in Russia. So no cats bred in Russia may be imported and registered in any FIFE pedigree because they're going to Russia. They're going to spread some Russian virus over here. Like what? What's wrong with these cats? Yeah, I don't know. But I, I just saw the headline of this article. I thought it was satire, but it's from NPR. Um, I don't know the details of it, but it's just the sentiment of like Russophobia. You know, it's been around for a long time. I don't think we ever got out of the Cold War with Russia. Yeah, but. You know, like, I'm afraid that would happen to, like, 
Chinese people if we actually had like a major conflict with China. You know, like they wouldn't allow um, Chinese cats. I think it was like a. I think it was like no more lion dancing. Like US, maybe it was like the U.S. Open or I don't know, like tennis matches and stuff. Like they just wouldn't let any Russian players in there. Like I'm pretty sure the World Cup. Um, I didn't look this up, but I'm pretty sure they didn't even let Russia compete in the World Cup. And then I think they're talking about that with the Olympics next year too. Oh no! Um, just, well, they, in the past Olympics, the ones that just happened four years ago now, I guess they banned them. Yeah, they did ban they them last time. They couldn't fly right? their their flag. The, the flag was not allowed. So then, yeah, and even the the name Russia wasn't allowed. So they were called something Federation or something. I, they would call something yeah, weird. I don't know. I thought they were a new powerhouse in the Olympics. I was like, "Ooh, what country is this? That's so good." But they're just, <laughs> just Russia. Russia. Just Russia. <laughs> no. Which they are really great in the Olympics, especially like gymnastics. I think they're fantastic. They kill it. They kill it in gymnastics. Yeah, they, but yeah, uh, growing um, up, I always thought they had the hottest gymnasts too. Yeah, yeah, they got some beautiful people there. But I'm afraid that that kind of sentiment is going to go towards Chinese people. You know, they do not have so the hottest gymnasts at, in China, though. No, the sentiment no, is not the they same. Do not. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not in that regard. But as far as like they the ten-year-olds like um, competing against like sixteen-year-old, yeah. Uh, yeah if, you, if you find them attractive, uh, I might be questioning what what's on your search history. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, like I'm afraid that like you know this phobia towards another country might happen with China if this happens, and you know as as much as like you know I have this disdain for like communist China and stuff, but like the same time it's like i don't know you know i i think all of these superpowers america russia china we're probably all just as bad as each other honestly but in our own narrative we're the good guys you know and um you know i don't want to see this conflict happen at all but yeah i do worry about maybe what if they start banning you know chinese people from being in the olympics or you know, Chinese sanctions, which I don't think can happen because everything's made in China and that would deeply hurt everyone's economy, like everybody. Yeah. Um, but though, I think that's my biggest worry with this conflict is like what, what happens to us, you know? Well, like <clears throat> from an economical standpoint, I feel like it's kind of hard because I think uh, uh, the uh, Democrats are so entwined with the Chinese people's, the Ch- not the people, the Chinese government and like business wise, that it'd be hard. I don't, I just don't see it. I don't know, but I'm just a little, I'm a pleb just yeah. talking my nonsensical political opinions. But yeah, I would I say either, yeah. they're so entwined that it's just, it's, I don't, I don't see it happen. I don't know if there's going to be a full blown, yeah. like, you know, like the Democrats are going to try and keep it together. In fact, I, I would say what I was saying earlier about the balloon thing. I think it was Democrat officials that were saying that it was, in fact, a weather balloon blown off course, whereas the Republicans are like doubling down on the fact they're like, no, this this is a Chinese balloon. Yeah, this is like even if it was an accident, uh, the fact that it crossed over into our country's territory, that is already a violation, an international violation, and it must be dealt with or whatever right and so yeah yeah i don't know like i feel like there's enough protection around this whole thing from a from political side of things that uh i don't know i i I, part of me thinks like i don't know if a war could ever truly 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 happen i hope not but i've heard people say that you know war might happen in 2025 
you know, the tensions are going to start like ramping up and up, you know, as yeah. time goes on till then. Well, just do like, I a, don't know. do like an internet war or something like that. You know, I like, just dominate headlines with, you know, whatever sway your yeah. opinions, just mm, no, no bloodshed. I just, no bloodshed, yeah, no bio war, want that. no, want uh, that. whatever. Just do your little political crap and I don't know. Yeah. You don't but yeah, I think things are way more interesting. Um, when there's war? Uh, no, no. <laughs> like, okay, so, all right, I guess I'm framing it wrong. But, like, yeah, so, like, the conflict that we have with Russia is one thing. But I think it, it it's, like, way more complicated if there was something between us and China. Just because of how, like, tied down we are to we are, each yeah, other. Yeah. Yeah, like, I guess with us and Russia, it's, like, we're not really relying, at least the U.S. speaking, we're not too reliant on Russia's economy but we are very reliant on China's economy and you know, vice versa, most likely, you know. And we so, also have a lot uh, of think, interest in Taiwan, which is at odds with China at the same time. So it's very weird, very yeah, complicated. Yeah, and maybe I, I think I should look more into that, um, you know, because like Ukraine's one thing. I don't know what interest we have in Ukraine. I don't know why we are spending ask, so much tax ask, dollars. Ask uh, Biden. I think he might know. Yes, yes. Old I Joe has know. some answers, I think. I mean, his if son he does remembers, on- If he remembers... <laughs> Well, see, that was the thing is that like, I heard that uh, there's a lot of corruption in Ukraine tied down with U.S. politicians because I think like, um, you know, like Hunter Biden works on the board of Burisma, which is like an energy company in Ukraine, which he has no background in energy. So I don't know why he's working at an energy company in Ukraine. He, has, uh, he does have uh, 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 a background in energy. It's called crack cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one that's a good one <laughs> powered by a crack cocaine well there you go but hey can you explain the other politicians with children that work in uh that, ha- that have something to do with ukraine i think um who is it john Kerry? maybe i might be getting some of these politicians wrong but i think mitt romney has a child that works for some company in ukraine mm-hmm. uh is it john Kerry or john mccain there's a couple others, and I think Nancy Pelosi. John too, McCain's maybe. daughter works worked on the View for a little bit. That's all I know. Okay, unless yeah, the I, View I is a like Ukrainian a, company, I don't know. <laughs> I just saw like a meme that kind of like pointed out all these politicians that have children that work for some company in Ukraine. They're just like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe we have other interests there. You know, I but, um, I I want to say yes. I want to yeah, say because yes. why why are we spending so much money and and resources? trying to protect ukraine like yes i understand the humanitarian side man yeah like, communist. Hey, look at this look at this but what about when other countries like other countries are attacked by other oh, countries? Oh, oh, like like, like the uyghurs yeah the uyghurs and uh the uyghur muslims in china like i heard that was a thing but oh, no um, we, we're not we're not allowed to talk about them though for some reason yeah and uh, like palestine and israel there's just an ongoing war there we're not allowed to talk about them for some reason we're not allowed to talk yeah and um you know we i think we attack syria i don't i never really researched these things they're very complex but when america goes and bombs another country you know like Maybe they don't want to be bombed. I don't know. You know, like, are you saying countries don't like being bombed? Come on, I don't think so. Come on, it's kind of fun, isn't it? It makes things interesting. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, all I'm saying is, is that I think I think we need to spend our money helping out like homeless people or people with drug addictions right here on our own soil. I think that would be more in our own interest. Yeah, I agree. And, I think um, I think as much as I would like to help other people's lives be better in other countries, if I was U.S., that is, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not a U.S. official, but I'm a U.S. person. I don't have the power Citizen. to help other countries like that. 
But if I was in charge, I would say the people here, like you and me, people listening right now, I'm mm-hmm. like, our lives are not the best, you know? I mean, I, I, okay, you know what? Our lives are pretty good. Our lives are pretty good compared to 99.9999999% of the world. Mm-hmm. I, I heard that if you just make $30,000 a year, you're already the top 1% of the entire world. Whew. I think that's like majority of US then, right? Most yeah, people make 30,000. Yeah. I mean, I, I know there's people that fall underneath that, but mm-hmm. by and large, I feel like we, we you can easily hit that number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't, totally can, even though your life might not be that great. Because everything's or, more know, expensive here, you know? But yeah, that's the thing, that that's true. the thing. Within, under US soil, the problems that we face is that our standard of living is much higher as well. So although we make pretty mm-hmm. cushy, we have cushy jobs, cushy everything, we can't afford Netflix and Hulu at the same time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shoot. Yeah, we might have to cancel one of ours with everything ri- raising, raising yeah, the price. <laughs> and it's like, it's either eggs or milk, man. Like, come on. <laughs> I, I need both to make my egg Gas parts. or electricity. Yeah, I, I kept hearing about like how uh, prices of eggs have shot up. Yeah, I, I didn't. about that? I, I honestly, maybe, maybe. I haven't bought eggs in a while. I have eggs sitting in my fridge I, that I haven't I buy yet. eggs without looking at the price. I must be fucking rich then i am i i'm i'm like what are the one what are the eggs with the orange yolks inside get those don't look at the price just get them get two of them get the get the get the get the, get yeah, the three row eggs if i buy eggs i'm always getting those brown eggs because i hear those are the yeah but it's not the brown eggs though some of the brown eggs on the inside look like the white eggs okay okay so what you got to find is the brown that has the golden orange How do you find that? yolk is it oh, like you gotta crack a label? it open you gotta crack it open oh so you really don't know uh, well, the, the brand, certain brands are known for being very good. Well, I so definitely look brands. for the organic ones. No, it's uh, farmer's nature, farmer's pasture. Okay. I just know when I shop eggs. for eggs, I look for the brown eggs and I look for the USDA organic label. Get this one. If you have this, uh, if you have this brand, get Vital Farms Eggs Organic Pasture Raised Large. Wow, that actually populated when I was typing it. That is the best, at least where I'm at right now. That is the best okay. egg. I want to say I've seen this too, maybe. I don't know. It, it's been a while since I've bought eggs. Every egg, when you crack it open, it's orange. It's an orange yolk. Not that light yellow, almost neon green looking highlight highlighter yellow okay. yolk. Like That's crappy, crappy I eggs. I want to say I'm getting something similar like that because the eggs that I get, I feel like are pretty good. Yeah, good, good, good. Same thing with milk. Like, uh, I don't buy milk often at all, and I know you can't even drink milk, but if I buy milk, I'm buying the milk in a glass bottle. <laughs> I started like doing that, yeah. I four st- or $5 for like half a gallon. It, it's the, but I don't, I don't buy milk all the time. The, it's just like, oh, if I'm going to bake some cookies at home, right, like right, a nice right. glass of milk. Right, that's true. Yeah, I started buying milk because Luca is finally off, uh, or we're trying to wean him off breast milk now, and we're trying to get mm. him to just drink like cow's, cow's milk. So I started mm-hmm. buying milk in a glass thing. So it's pricey. Nine dollars for milk, right? Nine dollars for milk. Not even the big kind. Like it's like a smaller glass container. But then you 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 get you get you're you frozen right now? I think you're frozen. Because <laughs> you're stuck on the face for a long time. So yeah, so Luca, we're trying to wean him off of breast milk and we're putting him on cow's milk now. And since we're, 
you know, we've been trying to do the whole like no sugar thing and no, not too much salt and we're trying to be healthy and everything. So with milk, we're trying to get organic and also the highest, most expensive thing for a new baby boy. And so we're buying the glass, the milk in the glass Bottle. container and uh, $9, $9.99, $9 purchase $9? of milk. Mm-hmm. And uh, what kind of milk is that? Like, I mean, obviously it's, it's whole with, milk. But like it's it's honestly it's a crap deal. If if you're looking for convenience, you're definitely not paying for convenience. You know why? Because the milk comes with a layer of fat that caps up at the top. Like there's this oh. cream on top. So if you open it, you can't pour to it mix out. It. Like you literally you literally have to stab. We take I take a chapstick and I just like I stab it and I try to mix it around. But even then, when you mix it, you pour it out. It's still got chunks. And it's not, it's not like it's rancid milk. Like rancid milk has chunks too, but this is like yeah. healthy quality cream, you know? But it's that extra sounds good. Work. That sounds good. It is really good. I, I, I uh, dude, I, uh, look at my hand right now. Oh, this so you've been drinking eczema, it. You've been drinking it. I've been drinking it. It's it just, it's so good, but like I'm paying the price. Oh man, I gotta try a little like, bit of it whenever I yeah, come Yeah, my town. eczema is crazy right now. But um, anyway, well, yeah, if you're coming over next week or two weeks or whatever, You'll, it will have that milk. You know you what I want to try? Really I really want to try raw milk. You can buy that. It's illegal. At my, sto- at my store, no, it's, it's literally it's written raw milk unless they're, they, they're just the calling brand. it that. But, but like, le- like not as pasteurized, right? Like like lesser or like not pasteurized at all milk? I'm not You're sure, illegal? but um, let's see. Because the milk I'm buying for Luca, it's, it's, uh, it's milk that isn't as pasteurized so it is pasteurized to some degree but not as much as oh cool so there's only there's 10 states that allows farms to sell raw milk texas is one of them i didn't know that oh and obviously california is one of them nope no because california isn't all bad no 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 california is not on it california's not all so how am i getting my milk then i don't think yours is real raw milk like straight from a farm Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so they're just calling it that. Yeah, oh. so Arkansas, Illinois, that is terrible. Kansas, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Nebraska, New York, Oklahoma, Texas, and Wisconsin are the 10 states that have given the nod to on-farm sales of raw milk. Hmm, that's good to okay. know. Crap, well, I need to find out where to get raw milk since it's legal in my state. Yeah. Yeah, huh. There was a movie about that that had some something like a a a gag like a like a they had like a beat a a bit about raw milk being uh traded on the uh black market i can't think of it i don't know that That sounds up for me but yeah anyways uh back to the whole like are are asians gonna be i don't know like are we gonna see a, a, a surge in Asian hate or like Asian oh, views wait, in a different on, way. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Let me just clear this up. I, I should have read more into it. So right before we go oh, to yeah, that go topic. So in California, sales of raw milk for human consu- consumption are legal on farms and in stores as long as the milk meets market milk requirements and other regulations. So I guess in some, I guess it kind of is legal in California. I don't know. Just wanted to clear that no up. Idea. Just wanted to clear that up. I don't even up. know what that means. I don't know either. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So you were talking about I I see I see cartons with raw milk. Uh, period. <laughs> and that's all I know. All right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, back to the Asian thing. I uh, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, we're in for an interesting ride. I think uh, Asians are in a weird weird space. Mm-hmm. Not because of like where we are now. I feel like we've always kind of been in a weird space, right? Like we're historically like the whole yellow apparel thing. Uh, the you know like we're like we're the asian men are more effeminate you know like that's how we've always been viewed and looked looked down upon or whatever and then like like no matter how uh americanized we get i feel like we're still uh treated in a very exotic way you know like like there's just something like whereas like um i don't know i maybe i might be speaking out of turn but like i feel like other minorities have an easier time kind of blending in whereas Asians don't blend in as much as well, well and easily but you can't really say that too because we just like look the most different you can't really say that know. either though because you know uh, there's like that term model minority that they always talk about with Asians we are the, yeah we, I, I we feel are like the, that's actually one of the reasons why, is why we don't we don't blend in because of that we stick out like a sore oh, so we thumb. stick out as minorities right? is what you're saying right is that what you're trying to say well, we're, we're not the majority. Yes. Okay, yeah, so okay, I guess we're not the majority, and then we also stick out as the minorities because as a minority, we are, we don't fall in the same, if you had to categorize minorities, we kind of fall outside the bracket of a lot of minority things. Mm. So we're just kind of like, and I guess in that sense, we really are kind of like, we, we stick out. Yeah. Like a sort of Yeah, thumb. like you're saying you know? within minorities, I guess, I guess, I guess like media out. representation aside, this second thing, I guess, like academically and economically, we do stick out. Like statistically, I think that you can you can say that it's, that's an objective truth, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. And, so, um, and I guess that also goes with like, you know, us like Chinese, Korean, Japanese and like uh like southern asian too right like like indian mm-hmm. but they're they're kind of in a different bubble though like india like they're also like a superpower but they also don't have a conflict ongoing conflict with the u.s either yeah they, they don't have uh yes they're not the uh they don't look the part of conflict with the u.s you know unless like, if, unless asian, if you have some like, like xenophobic bigots that think they're like some like Middle Eastern terrorist. True, true. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes okay. so yeah, not okay. not to downplay <laughs> Indian Americans experience in, in the US as being much easier than East Asians, I yeah. guess. Orientals. <laughs> uh I think uh yeah, everyone has it a hard time. But I do yeah. I do think uh from my lens, yellow people have, have a very interesting we're in a very interesting bracket, I guess. But uh yeah, I, dude, dude, did you see that one video? Um, that went viral recently. It's like a Vice, uh, yeah, Vice video. Yeah, where I, they brought like a panel of Asian people. Yeah, I remember and, uh, you tried to. Uh, they you tried about- to send this to me like months ago, and I never watched it. And I just think I just forgot. Like, not that I wasn't trying to watch it, but I, uh, I yeah, I remember that you tried to send me that now. But I saw the cl- the viral clip. It's like a one minute clip, and um, yeah, I guess yeah, just play it because like I. I I'm going to be talking out of my ass if I just start talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. Statistically, it is true that Asians, right, on average, 
make more money it, like in terms of medium, make more money, better test scores, get into better colleges, all that stuff. I think the question is, why is that? And I don't know, model minority, whatever that label wants That's to That's actually mean. a not, myth because not, we cannot be... Um, well, no, listen, well, let me finish my point. We need to observe what makes people successful and unsuccessful. And I think when you look at trends that are generally true in the Asian community, not of everyone, but are generally true, usually you have families that are sticking together. You have, um, you know, people are taught to work hard in school, not get into trouble. I think that translates to why Asians on mass are successful. And I don't think you have to be Asian or white for that matter to not have kids out of wedlock, not, you know, commit crime, not, not cause trouble, what whatever happening? it is. It's just a matter of like, well, common sense, that's what makes people successful. And if that's so-called assimilation, having a nuclear family, buying a house, going to school, whatever it is, then yeah, okay, call me a pro-assimilation then. I think there's a difference between assimilation and erasure. Yes. I gotta watch the rest Ooh. of this. I, I need to watch the full version of this because, like, I want to. I, I want to do. I, I would love to do a react video okay, to this. Let's do it. Yeah, because like I don't know. Like um, that purple hair Asian girl was trying to say that the model minority was a myth. I want to hear what her rebuttal is if she ever did speak on it later in the video. And then the lady yeah. at the end was like, "Oh, there's a difference between assimilation and erasure." I, I, I'm curious to see what they have to say about it, but um. I agree. What with, is it? What is the erasure? Okay, hold exactly. on. Start from, I don't, start from the I don't know okay, what erasure so first means. Of all, That's why I want to hear about it. <laughs> I just want to say. I just want to say. This guy sounded nervous as fuck. He did. Like he was just nervous. Well, you're in a vice debate. First of all, I don't care and, if you agree or mm -hmm. disagree with him. They strategically placed this guy smack dab in the middle <laughs> of people. Like everyone surrounding him looked offended yeah and for him to like just kind of like double they, down they on what he was saying i think that's smack down in the middle pretty badass just so he can get those people sitting in front of him to turn around <laughs> to look at him <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like if he was sitting, if he was sitting in the front if he's sitting in the front people behind him would just be staring at him already but they had to put him in the back just so they could they could have those people turn around to react <laughs> to what he was it saying. It looked good. The, produ the producers knew what they were doing. Yeah. They, they were like, oh, this, look, this is going to look so good when everyone has to turn around, break their neck <laughs> just to see this guy talk. So good. So good. But yeah, uh, I do think he makes a bit of sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I would know, I say as a whole, okay, Asians so assimilate the best out of other immigrants in terms of like climbing the socio, yeah, okay. socio like the socioeconomic <laughs> status ladder i guess yeah we do well statistically we do well uh academically we generally make more money and he's just trying to make a point as to why that is right like why do asians do so well call me crazy uh but that makes sense in a sense of like like people having a kid out of wedlock right like there's nothing it's not like you you it's not saying that it's bad to have a kid out of wedlock mm -hmm. i don't think that's what he's trying that's to not say his point at all it's yeah. like if you want to have a kid out of, it's not his point if you want to have a kid out of wedlock more power to you i hope you you know you know like hope you the best you know like you know like be a good parent provide for that kid, all is good. But statistically, if you have a kid out of wedlock, it implies 
many things yeah. that come with that. Yeah, and you know? it's not always true. Whereas like, if you have you a, can imply, a, if, you have, if you have a kid, uh-huh. or I was gonna say, like, if you have a kid with both family, uh, both parents, yeah, intact. And that, uh, sorry, uh, so that's what I was gonna say. Like, it, just it, statistically, it leads it leads one way. Out of wedlock doesn't always mean single parent or parents are split. You know, sometimes. I guess out of wedlock would literally just mean you have a kid with someone without being married, but you could still be together. But I think he is um, he is probably referencing to those families that do split uh, when he says that. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, like definitely like I don't I, I've never really seen Asian people have a kid out of wedlock. I've never really seen that. Maybe, you know, yeah, maybe like one or two like it's high rare. school pregnancies that I've seen. Uh like one guy that I know, he did have a kid in high school, so that was like the only kid out of wedlock, Asian that I think I can remember. And then, uh, yeah, Asians do really uh, enforce like getting good grades typically for their kids. You know, I'm glad that I'm glad yeah. that our parents so, were too strict about it, but I know some Asian kids have it pretty tough when it comes to that. Hmm. Definitely. I think there's a little bit of a lag between you and me. Yeah, I think so too. Cause like I'm like saying stuff and I'm like, why is he not reacting at all? <laughs> <laughs> like, Am I sounding stupid um, here? <laughs> no, 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 no. You, no, you make sense. Uh, it seems like this guy is the villain in the video, but I feel like he makes a lot of sense to me. You know, I, 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 I'm all for inclusion. I'm all for you know considering everyone's walk of life. You know, I want everyone to feel happy around me i want everyone to feel like they're seen and validated and all these things but that doesn't mean you in order to achieve that you can't also not consider other ways of thinking that would then lead to understanding you know how things are right so if you're saying, you know, Asians do well, or what? what is the point? What, what are they arguing That's what against? I'm saying. I don't understand. I, I, what haven't, seen, I haven't seen the whole video. I just saw that one clip. <laughs> so I don't really know what the debate is about. Yeah. Well, okay. I, I, I did watch this. I saw like the first couple minutes of this interview, like the, the original video. And I know that the video was basically titled, I don't know if it was titled this, but basically the, the, the debate was between conservative, conservative Asians versus liberals, liberal Asians. Liberal Asians have a certain take on what it means to be Asian. And then a conservative, conservative, and it seems like they only had one conservative Asian. It seems like the entire room was against yeah. them. Uh, so I guess there's not too many conservative Asians out there. Well, but uh, I think it's weird though, because I feel like just, I feel like Asians are more conservative though. You know, just by like by nature or by um, like the stereotypical Asian values. You know, it's like you know, get good grades. You know, um, you know, get married, have kids. You know, uh, get a good job. Are you saying Asians are old fashioned? <laughs> I think. Uh, well, I mean, I can't speak for like new Asian Americans, but I feel like and a lot of the values that we learn as Asians are typically all very conservative, but. What I think is that the the conservative yeah. party in the U.S. they just they just suck at uh, they suck at trying to like pander to Asians. I guess I don't know. The the, the Democrats are doing a much better job yeah. bringing in all the Asians on their side. I'll tell you that. And I think this is the part that rubs people the wrong way. I think he's basically saying there's an, there's a certain excellence to Asians, 
And that that what he's trying to pinpoint in terms of what Asians do well, I think sounds very elitist. And that elitism seems to be rubbing the liberals in that room yeah. the wrong Which, way. All the stuff that he mentioned. If you're looking at it from a uh-huh. yeah, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, I think yeah, there's a lag yeah, between you and me. There's, a, there's, a, there's definitely a lag going yeah. on. But yeah, go to just finish finish what yeah. you were saying. Because it sounded epic. Oh no, this this nut's so good <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> but actually no okay, yeah, go um, ahead go ahead i'm pulling something up. go ahead go ahead go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. so this is what reminds me of this um of this uh article or here let me send it to you too uh actually i have it on the notes right now it's that link at the bottom the so the smithsonian they had um they had like this african american history museum display um, I don't know. I've never been to the Smithsonian's before. Yeah. So uh, what I understand is like just these like giant museums in DC. Um, but they had they had like this part in the museum. They took it down now because people were complaining about it. Um, but there was a section of it where they were talking about race and the aspects and assumptions of whiteness and white culture in the US. Oh no. Yeah, if you click on that and scroll down a little, you'll see like this like pictograph thing. And so it reads, white dominant culture or whiteness refers to the ways white people and their traditions, attitudes and ways of life have been normalized over time and are now considered standard practices in the US. And since white people still hold most of the institutional power in America, we all have internalized some aspects of white culture, including people of color. So the first one is rugged individualism. And I, I don't think, and like typically, stereotypically speaking, Asians are more um, co- like a collectivism or collectivist culture. So this one might yeah, not apply. We're, we're communists. <laughs> exactly. We're comrades. But yeah, uh, this one I wouldn't say applies too much to us Asians, but uh, so this is talking about white culture. It says the individual is a primary unit, self-reliance, independence and autonomy, highly valued, rewarded. Individuals seem to be in control of their environment. You get what you deserve. Uh, So then the second one is family structure. The nuclear family, mother, father, two to three children is the ideal social unit. Husband is a breadwinner and head of household. Wife is homemaker, subordinate to the husband. Children should have their own rooms, be independent. I feel like that's something that, you know, uh, re- you know, like typical Asian families that I've come across believe as well, right? Like we basically grew up like that. We had our own room. That looks identical to an Asian yes. household. Emphasis. Okay. So the third one is emphasis on scientific method, objective, rational, linear thinking, cause and effect relationships, quantitative emphasis. And that to me is kind of like insulting. It's like, what, only white people can be that scientific like there's plenty of you know other cultures that are just as scientific and um oh hold on a second okay hold on a second let's let's go back up so so this whole thing seems like it's it's making white people whiteness to be bad yeah it's making it out to be like a bad thing that's what i'm getting so if you break it down family structure the nuclear family, father, mother, 2.3 children is the ideal social unit. Okay, 2.3 well, children I think they mean two to father three. 2.3 mother. children doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but yeah, that does look funny though. Sure. Oh, I, was, I was thinking it was like an average. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, I think it was like okay, an average okay. of so children. Have, maybe like the average household is 2.3. That makes no sense. Okay, yeah, no, you're, you're right. But I'm like, having father and mother, that's a white thing? 
And if we were like anti-white, say we we were we don't like white people because we feel oppressed by white people. Is that saying, is it implying that we should go against what's bad, what we deem as bad and say, don't have a father and mother, father and mother in, in, in the household. And in fact, don't even have children and just be alone forever. That, that would be the ultimate fuck you in your face, white people. Uh, second point, husband is breadwinner and head of household. Is it saying that if you want to give you give the middle finger to white people or white culture, uh, hey men, don't be the, be the breadwinner. Don't be the head of your household. Don't take responsibility for your life and be be an idiot. Be be lazy. You know, be a deadbeat. Right? Right? I don't know. I don't. Uh, wife is the homemaker and subordinate to the husband. Most women. I would say, and I'm not saying this is all, okay? That there's, I mean, there's anomalies in both uh, mm. realms. Like, obviously, there's some men; they really don't want to be the breadwinners. They don't. They they they're more nurturers. They're more like nurturers. And there's some women that are just like, I am career driven. Yes, 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 yes. But at the end of the day, I would like to think most people would like to have children one day. Yes, yeah. You know, I feel like it's almost like a biological thing. Like at some point, you go, you know, at some point, you go. Maybe I need to get an education. Oh, at some point, I, I think I need to give, uh, get a job. Oh, at some point, I need to, you know, buy a house. You know, like, there, it's it's in us to kind of, like, progress mm -hmm. in some way. And if it's not in those, like, you know, stereotypical ways of, like, progressing through life with these, like, certain, you know. Milestones. Uh, traditional uh, milestones, then it's career. Yeah. You know, like, like what do you want to do with your career? And you, and you focus. You focus on it. And you, 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 you know, you do it to the, to the, to the best of your ability. But most of us want to have children. And if we do have children, the burden of having a, a kid, a baby, uh, is going to be on the, on, on, the, on the mom, you know? And I think from a biological standpoint, it also makes sense that the mom is going to be, be at home to nurture the baby as much as they can because they're the one providing the milk. They're the ones, and obviously there's a lot of like scientific uh uh things that have developed you know like you can buy formula now all these things that kind of free up the mom to stay working and whatnot nothing wrong with that but from a bio biological sense of how a woman's body and just how that dynamic between man and wife is whatever i i do think the wife is meant to be a, a homemaker you know and supporting to the husband i think you could you could pull up pull out a very wrong meaning mm -hmm. of that and what I mean is like subordinate, I think sounds, sounds bad. It sounds like you should, you know, like the husband is, is the higher mm -hmm. power and the woman just needs to like listen to the man. And, um, I don't know if that's true. I think to me, I do think the husband and the wife are more of a team. And I feel like this, this right here, this writing here is kind of slanderous, yeah, I would say, absolutely. you know, to kind of make this whole home life to be a bad thing. Like, if I know anything about being married is that it, what really works best is to be a team, you know? And the team, say you're in sports, one player, say you're in volleyball, right? Uh, the, you know, the two, the, the, there's like two players on each side. You've seen that volleyball? in the Olympics, right? Uh, I'm assuming we have. I think that, that yeah, volleyball. Like there's always one short volleyball player. on each side, but yeah. Oh, like 
the two man, oh, the two I guess man so. ones. I don't know. Like, I, because I'm thinking about the 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 Olympic volleyball players that uh, the famous ones, the U.S. ones. It's like a tall blonde chick and a, like a shorter okay. like brunette know. chick. But okay, like they're like they're in the Olympics okay. like every year. Point is, one lobs and does all the stuff that short people are better at, and the other one is taller. So they they stand by the net and they can do all the spiking, you know, over the net, and they're they're also good at blocking, right? And they both have unique attributes. They could do different jobs, but they're all for the same goal. So to me, like being married is kind of like that. Like one's a man, one's a woman. They have unique attributes that make them succeed in certain avenues. And the, if it was the other way around, not that it can't happen, but it's, it's, I think it'd be harder. And so because of that, working towards the same goal, it seems to be the game. And there's different jobs required for working towards the same goal. And to me, that's what being married is, having a husband and wife. Children should own their own, should have own their own rooms and be independent. If that is a bad white culture thing, then are you saying that children should not have should their not own be rooms? Independent. <laughs> and they should be completely dependent on their parents or something? Like that that's just backwards. That's completely backwards. Like I've haven't I'm glad you brought this to my attention. This is actually the more I'm talking about, it, the more I'm getting pissed off about it because I don't care. If this is the 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 hallmark of white culture, but to me, this seems to be the 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 foundation to life itself. Uh, I, I can I can envision cavemen, you know, uh, Neanderthals adhering to this. Like Neanderthals need to stick together as a pack. Because there's so many predators back then. I think there was fucking dinosaurs and gigantic mammoths that was going to just stab them through the heart and take them on wild journeys on their tusks. And there's just like human ornaments on their tusks. You got to stick together and protect each other. And the only way, to, the, 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 one of the best ways to do that is to have a nuclear family, have the husband be the breadwinner and the fact that he brings back the bread. And I guess back in those days, it's been meat, you know, bring back meat and berries and nuts and whatever you yeah, can scavenge for and hunt, right? And then the wife is a homemaker. You know, like I, I don't understand why that is viewed as a bad thing. Do we have modern advancements now that can actually push that aside and kind of give more freedoms to people? Yes, and I embrace that too. That's fantastic. But to say the other way around is bad is it's nonsensical. All right, second part, emphasis on scientific method, objective, rational, linear thinking. If that's bad, then you're saying your rational thinking is good. Your rational thinking is for the psychotic. Like people, you see like homeless people on the side of the street and they start talking to themselves and they're rubbing their ear and they're smacking themselves on the side of the head and they go ah, to the skies. That is irrational, non-objective thinking. I don't know what the fuck they're on. And it's quite frankly, it's very scary to be next to someone that's doing that. So if you're saying that that what objective rational linear thinking is good or is bad, that uh, that's fucking backwards to me. Cause and effect relationships. <laughs> that's all relationships. Yeah. Causal and effect. That that's that's just like that's 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 like that's life. You can't have an effect of anything without something causing it to affect. Like that's like I don't even understand that. Like without cause and effect, without a cause, nothing ever actually happens quantitative emphasis like that's just being able to orderly do things i want order in my life i want to be able to control things and you know build things you know so if you can't quantitatively emphasize your life in ways that would expand your horizons 
that's also very backwards. I don't know. I dude, I yeah. can go on on this yeah. forever. Yeah, it's a lot. That's why. Yeah, yeah. This it, is fucking it is a, nuts. I, I thought. That, I mean, it's it's a real thing, and they took it down now. But this actually, I think this happened like at the height of. I'm glad this. Is, this yeah, is still this up. happened like at the height of like all the um like the George Floyd stuff and all that. And um, yeah, this was like two years ago. So this is like old news now. But whenever you showed me that clip with the um, the Vince Dow guy, this is what it reminded me of. Cause that, cause they were basically mm. trying to argue against all the points he was making, and I was like, "This sounds very similar to this." So I think that if you're against whiteness, in the sense of like you're against some of those talking points right there, you're 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 kind of against progress. Mm, yeah, I think yeah, you're against you really progress. Are, yeah, because in order to progress, you have to build upon something. But if you're willing to tear down everything that is now and not even listen to history, not even listen to anything that is relevant because it's like patriarchal. It's like it's part of the patriarchy. Fuck it. I mean, Destroy this it, right here is down like with the hallmark of what cultural Marxism is. Yeah. You must know that, don't you? <laughs> Communist. This is what I do. <laughs> Let's see. What I is know. cultural I mean, Marxism? I, like, I always heard and hear know. about it, but like... Uh, Definition wise, I don't know what it is. I think cultural Marxism is basically. Let's see, all right, I'm going to read a, just one paragraph of it. Okay, well, in the sense of why cultural. Okay, cultural ahead, Marxism go ahead, go for, can be a controversial term. Some assert there's no such thing, and others use the term as a catch all for anything they see as undermining society. In short, cultural Marxism is a revolutionary leftist idea that traditional culture is the source of oppression in the modern world. Cultural Marxism is often linked to the insistence upon political correctness, multiculturalism, and perpetual attacks on the foundations of culture, the nuclear family, marriage, patriotism, traditional morality, law and order, etc. Cultural Marxists are assumed to be committed to establishing economic Marxism, in which case their cultural attacks are a necessary preparation for their ultimate goal. So literally what we just read, like, covers this definition of cultural Marxism, you know, um, you know, uh, yeah. political correctness. I mean, definitely it's loaded in that whole, uh, pictograph, um, you know, perpetual attacks on the foundation of culture. It mentioned the nuclear family, you know, having, you know, the patriarchy and matriarchy in a family together, um, law and order. Yeah. Like literally everything, like you can, you can relate all those things together basically. Everything that this pictograph is against yeah. is in the definition of cultural Marxism. Yeah, I, I think I think if you are a cultural Marxist, if you play that game out, you don't really benefit every anyone at all. Cultural Marxism, to me, it, it, I think it's like another way of saying nihilism. Yes, yeah, so it's like a postmodern philosophy. Like I've never been a religious person, right? But. If you read religion, read into religion, most religions say life is not fair and life is suffering. And that is kind of like just that that's just the the bottom line. That's just life. If you look at nature, that's what it is. It's only as humans where we try to create equality, we try to create fairness because it's nice. And nice has its place to give everyone an equal chance to do things, right? And 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 come up in life, whatever. But then when you go as far to say like, well, you know what? Uh, we have to 
give chances and then you don't get your chance because you've already had your chance like that that kind of swings the whole thing back around mm-hmm. in a way where it's mm-hmm. now like isn't that kind of oppressive in and of itself now mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah i've never really looked into like cultural marxism on the internet like i hear it all the time but uh huh it's it's uh it's when your empathy takes you a little past the part of utility of of the empathy where then the empathy itself becomes uh a bad thing because if you're empathetic towards a lot of causes uh but then your empathy becomes the law for example right like oh we must be fair to to everyone or whatever right and then once something happens where it's not fair which is kind of like the basis for life like bottom line of life itself is life is not fair but if you're but but then you're basically trying to uh force force things out of the hands of nature by making everything fair fair and if you make that the law that becomes oppressive yes does that yeah, make sense no, i get it it's kind of like um ironically it's kind of like you're trying to play god you know you don't like how something is so you try to yes. manipulate things even if it's against the nature of what that thing is and th- but the trick of it though now is where do you draw the line to empathy? Because we all want to be nice. I want to be nice. I want. I do want fairness across the board. Like I do want everyone to be happy around me, whatever, right? I want sunshine and rainbows as much as possible. But at what cost, right? Like what? at what point are you, and at what point do you cross into the barrier of like, oh, hold on a second. Now you're making things interesting or very, problematic for say white people white people are viewed as the villains now you know and then white people have to walk this earth with infinite guilt even though it's their ancestors that are you know that painted this narrative people are just born into this life that we don't have control over i didn't ask to be asian but i'm asian now and so and all right so that's what that's what i have it. a concern deal with, with it, like you know? all of this like tension with china and stuff like what if us i guess specifically chinese people what if we're like the new white people in the future you know, the white people in the past have been the colonizers and, and uh, you know, took over people's land and stuff. And then I feel like the way China is conducting themselves on a global scale, you know, we're going to Africa, we're like help or I mean, I don't, I don't know about help, but they're building infrastructure in Africa and making all these business deals. Like they're kind of looked at as like neo-colonists, you know, and, and China is a big powerhouse yeah. now and uh, probably for a long time in the future. And what if Chinese people... And the future will be looked at as the same way as people are looking at white people now with like this kind of reverse racism going on. To me, I don't think it's the same because colonizers, for one, they plant their flag in the land and they call it part of that country. Like England mm-hmm. goes, hey, here, Hong Kong. Okay, stick my, uh, you know, British. I'm, I'm doing the <laughs> Chinese accent for a British person. You know, stick the flag in this Hong Kong soil. It's part of uh, part of Britain, right? Or you know, uh, France goes to Vietnam, plants their flag in the soil, and actually claims it, you know. And then not only do they put their flag and they pe- uh, penetrate the soil, they impregnate the people there with ideas of 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 their life, you know. So like they they spread the language, they spread religion. Um, uh, yeah. philosophy, religion uh everything including diseases 
and and you know all sorts of different things and i'm not saying that's a a bad thing and i'm not saying it's, it's a good thing it's just what's ha- it's what's happened and and we've 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 we live with the benefits of that have happened to us but we also have to deal with the history of the pain or whatever that if we feel it you know then we we also have to deal with that at the same time but you can't have the good without the bad you can't have the bad without the good you know, you just can't choose to look at just one side and say, oh, it's a bad thing, it's a bad thing, it's a bad thing. And some good stuff came out of it. And vice versa, you can't just be like happy-go-lucky and be like, oh, what's so bad about the colonization? Whatever. That's what happened back then. Is China sticking their flag in, say, Africa and take, and, and being like, hey, this is part of Africa or part of China now. And oh, hold on a second. All you Africans, you got to speak Chinese. This is the language. And also, you guys also have to be communists because we're communists. You know, are, are they spreading themselves out like that or are they just going i make money you make money yeah they're doing that but uh i think they'll in a way they'll probably still kind of own the countries through debt yeah Mm, okay so it's a financial game and the issue with what china's doing isn't so much spreading creed and religion it's so it's more so and placing a debt upon the people which they can never burying people yeah. in debt with my little like knowledge on it i've i've heard yeah that's basically what i heard yes yeah like they're help, they're helping build infrastructure like, buildings things like that all across like you know like south america um and africa and stuff and you know ultimately like yeah it'll basically be heavily Chinese influenced, you know? If China plays their cards right, I feel like they'll never have to fa- face the face the the colonizer label. If they play their cards right, say they 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 do well economically, they're gonna have the power to control the narrative in some sense. And if they play their cards right with US and they 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 keep the Democrats happy or whatever, or vice versa, whatever it is. They don't have you know, to worry honestly, about it. they don't really Put people in debt. They they can yeah, they so control the narrative. I don't think they have to worry about it too much either because um you know, as we know like whenever the the conflict with Russia happened, uh the US sanctioned Russia really badly. They basically stopped yeah. using the 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 Russian rubles, um all that kind of stuff. And that led to a problem in itself because Russia is a big supplier of uh oil and natural gas for a lot of europe a lot of other countries you know like asia um well countries in asia and uh, thing, uh places like that and because the u.s cut out um sanctioned the ruble essentially or like anything russian uh out of the economy a lot of these uh, and then so russia's counter to that was okay well if you're gonna sanction us out of your economical world we're gonna only take payments in rubles when it comes to uh gas and oil so in the past the petrodollar which is basically the us dollar is the currency that all these countries would use to pay for gas and oil and stuff from everywhere like everyone was using a dollar as a standard as a currency standard to uh, purchase gas and oil. So now with Russia saying, okay, we're not taking any more US dollars. You gotta pay us in rubles. So a lot of countries are now dropping the US dollar to pay for these, uh, for this, the commodity of um, gas and uh, oil and whatever else they might be getting from Russia. And so I think uh, Russia, it's, um, 
Brazil, Russia, India, and China, they created, oh, and South Africa, I think. They created the BRICS, B-R-I-C-S. I think South Africa is included. But it's basically like this new, like, uh, economic, like, economy, the like, big player in the economy that are basically kind of like breaking out of the U.S. and European-led system of economy, if that makes sense. Mm, they call it the Brexit. <laughs> no, it's Bricks. It's a uh, B R I C. Yeah, Brexit. If you yeah, if it, if it's South Africa, it's like B R I C S A Brixa, <laughs> Brexit. But yeah, it's called the Brics oh, okay. uh, nations. And yeah, basically their whole thing is that they're not using the U.S. dollar as um, as a standard for trading anymore. And so they're basically talking about how the U.S. dollar is kind of on a downfall you know i don't know how fast this trajectory is it is on a, on a downfall it's still the strongest time, yeah. right now you know um but who knows when it'll dip below someone else's currency who's the second uh, most powerful? i'm gonna guess china who's right behind him i i don't know you know i'm not very well researched in talking about all this stuff i, 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 thought <laughs> I just be hear like about this stuff on a surface I... level yeah so uh, if i'm sounding stupid to anybody yeah, true, i true. kind of am or i'm not I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert. I feel expert like I sound stupid all the stuff. time. I just I like to dabble into like stuff here and yeah. there. Um, but yeah, I want to say China's probably number two. Yeah. I think China's still like a third world country, basically. There's so many like homeless people. I'm mean, not mm-hmm. homeless, uh, poor people there to the point where I don't think they're called. They would be considered developed. I don't country know. Yet. Yeah, I feel like the the. You know, I don't know. I would think a developed country they might be, be a in that second position. world country still because I think second world countries are countries that are still like in their industrial phase. Mm, yeah, yeah. And that, that's where China's at then yeah 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 I, I, getting back to, getting back to the whole uh that the video we just watched though i was thinking about as we're talking for the past couple minutes i was thinking about the whole assimilation versus erasure erasure erase how do you say that word eraser <laughs> erasure uh assimilation means that we uh Say for immigrants, we move to a country, we have to abide by the the culture, right? That uh-huh. is in that new country, right? Which makes total sense to me. And so we yeah. erase. We erase mm-hmm. our original country's identity by assimilating. Yes. I get yeah, what you're yeah, trying sense. to say. What are your thoughts on that then? Um I think you can assimilate but also still keep your your um your tradition. I don't think you have to erase everything. Like, why are you coming here if uh, if you don't want to assimilate, I guess? <laughs> if you didn't want yeah. the American and, life. And then that just means that you prefer your old um, culture or tradition more, but you came here for a reason, you know? So I think to some degree, like, you're going to have to assimilate, you know? I think that's the main issue that a lot of Americans have with immigrants. Yeah. Like, yeah, like... Uh, Americans don't have as much of an issue with Asian immigrants, typically because, um, well, I guess one, uh, not not the yeah, ones in that yeah, video. Like, um, <laughs> I guess they typically don't have an issue with Asians immigrating as much, at least like you know, from a stereotypical level. Because I know in the past they didn't like Asian immigrants, but uh, but it's because you know. 
Yeah. They're taking all but the like, jobs. But now it's like, you know, they, they know that a lot of the Asian immigrants are probably mostly on some sort of work visa, to be honest. Um, but they're here to work, you know, they're here to work. Um, they don't really have like a high crime rate in like Asian neighborhoods. Except for when they go ahead and shoot their 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 coworkers <laughs> and their supervisors. At not the funny, farms. not funny, but but um, yes. <laughs> ironic that that did happen and it was a serious crime. Not funny, right? Very yeah. right. Laughing yeah. at the irony. But, um, laughing at the irony. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, stereotypically, Asian neighborhoods have very low crime rates. Um, everyone kind of minds their own business, and I don't know. I mean, our parents assimilated a lot. I'd say our parents assimilate a lot, and we grew up yeah, lot, feeling yeah. very American. But I also have yeah, a yeah, huge respect so for our I, culture. You know, I have a huge respect for like, it's not like it's not mm-hmm. lost, it's not erased. You know, so I don't know. I, I feel like may, maybe if you watch the whole video, maybe the 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 guy that we've been kind of vouching for this entire video, maybe he's saying like, "Hey, you don't have any room for your own your culture that your 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 motherland whatever uh, is." And you only have room for the American way of life. So assimilate 100%. Maybe that's what that was the point he was making. So I don't think so. I don't think room. he was trying to be that extreme. I think he was being very level-headed by the way he was speaking. And everyone... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. He had some... He had like a few right-wing talking points there. <laughs> think he's pretty extreme. Even if he had one yeah. right-wing talking point, I think yeah, he's pretty extreme. I'm, I don't know. I guess assimilation can have a bad stigma to it. For example, Japanese people from the 1950s who immigrated here, they assimilated to a point where most Japanese Americans that have, whose family moved here during that era, they don't speak a lick of Japanese. They're 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 some they're they are some of the most Americanized Asian. Uh, yeah, we don't have any of those in, in Texas. I think those are the Californian uh, Japanese, <laughs> or maybe Hawaiian. But uh, I can't. I don't know too yeah. many Japanese people here. And if they are here, they're not like generations deep. I would say don't assimilate one hundred percent. If you're gonna look at it black and white, don't hundred. Don't 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 do black and white you know it's not about not assimilating or it's not about assimilating or erasure it's about keeping your traditions and your identity a part of you but But at the same time time, like you don't have to keep i mean i I guess ideally you'd want to keep the traditions and yeah yeah play ball you gotta play ball with the with the society Mm -hmm. that's around you you know like i don't know i don't know yeah Yeah. maybe Maybe i assimilated too much because i can barely speak i feel like there's a lot of uh True. I probably do resonate more with an American white person than I would an Asian person. Yeah. I agree. I I I I for sure think of myself. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I cannot I cannot and imagine living in another country. I'll tell you that. I'm 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 American to that point where I'm like, I don't know if I could live in another country. You know? Maybe a European country. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I could live in Asia. I mean, yeah. Japan maybe, but then there's like that language barrier and I don't think the Japanese really like foreigners, but it's okay for them to not like foreigners. It's not okay for us to though. Yeah. I think, I think I've been brainwashed by the patriarchy and I absolutely love white power in a sense that, 
you know, they they have <laughs> nuclear families and they value they have 2.5 2. <laughs> 2.3 children. I'm just completely brainwashed. Yeah, 2.3 children. I I totally value 2.3 children. Uh, you know, I, I definitely I, I blame the patriarchy for me wanting to have rooms for my children uh, and and independence um, and and logical thinking. Uh, you know, I, I just think I, it's been brainwashed. So it's hard for me to see it yeah, any other same way. Here, I would say, yeah. Call me crazy. Same here. Yeah, I don't know. It, this all yeah. this has got my brain thinking a lot. Like I feel like I wasn't really fully prepared. I I feel like. Half the points I was trying to make, I was just like, wait, how do I think about this? Huh, I think I need to like think about this some more. <laughs> the, babe, you know what? This this yeah. is what this project's all about, man. Like for a podcast, I feel like if well, I don't know, I can't say this, but all podcasts, but I feel like a podcast is the perfect place to kind of figure out some complicated concepts, you know, break down some ideas. And along the way, you might say some things that are you know, on the edge and, you know, might rub people the wrong way. I'm sure we said some stuff that might have rubbed people the wrong way, but I, I think you can't, you can't yeah. just ignore it. Yeah, we do need to speak know? about like, these why? things. You know, there's people why that tell you like, oh, way? you should never talk about religion or politics. But then it's like, well, when do you talk about it then? You know, like at some point, these things do need to yeah. be discussed. When do you talk you know? about it? In a civil manner, of course, like. Nobody wants to really get into a fight or anything, but uh, I, I think I think we should wrap it up because this, this is getting to be a pretty long episode. But I do think that there are places where you shouldn't talk about religion and politics, and and, and along with that, gender and you know a lot of a lot, sex. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of stuff that there's a lot of places where you shouldn't talk about that because they are innately some form of core value. You know, their creed, and I think I don't know. It's it's a like if you're trying to in a workplace, you're trying to stay yeah. as professional well, as possible. Okay, yeah, there's a time like, and place for everything. Doesn't, yeah, doesn't belong yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. But there needs to be a forum but, where we are allowed to talk about these things. You know. Yeah, the internet. The internet's <laughs> great for that. And guess Comment what? You can below. also be anonymous too. <laughs> yes, you can say whatever you like with no accountability whatsoever. <laughs> it's fantastic. Why don't you sign up and subscribe to our channel now so you can voice your concerns and your hatred and your bigotry right down there in the comments down below. And we will heart every single one of them. No judgment. No judgment. This is a safe space. But yeah, anyways, I think uh, yeah, I think that's it for this week. Yeah, yeah. Anything else you want to say? Um, I'm tired. My brain is actually tired from from this, this is the heaviest topic. Yeah, we've, and I we've feel like we managed were, to talk about. I was very like I know we had like a couple like talking or topics that we wanted to touch on, and we really went into it. But I felt like I was not yeah. all that prepared, and uh, which is okay. We'll go in. Yeah, we'll do it again next week. Okay, all right. We'll, go, we'll do it again next week. <laughs> Actually, this 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 lag is also very tiring. Yeah, yeah. We had a lag that we had to <laughs> deal like with. A t- five second lag. Yeah. Is it still going on? <laughs> a little. I feel like it, I feel like now. you're not as responsive yeah. as I think you should be. Yeah. Yeah. So we had but, some technical difficulties, but um, yeah, we're just gonna come back next week, maybe less than a week. I don't know. And I'll also be in town in about two weeks. Maybe we can do like a show, you know, 
together. Should I get another microphone? I only have one microphone. Well, I, actually, I do have two microphones, but um, the other, my other mic is uh, not so good. I think like, it's I'll not just, a quality mic. I think I'll just ship mine with me, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. That and a camera. Um, we can have. Two yeah, cameras. bring your camera with yeah. you. Uh, your laptop. laptop. So just bring your whole setup, basically. We should just shoot it in your garage because don't you have like a little nice setup there? Yeah, but it's also semi storage now because it's. We set it up and it was like nice for like a week, and then we're like, yeah. oh, we're out of space for this thing. Where do we stick it? Oh, in the garage where we well, set up a place that it, was nice. Is it clear so enough? Now it's so like where we nice can just like push it aside for a couple like an hour <laughs> yeah we'll just put it back inside the house <laughs> for the yeah. time being yeah i mean it's a great yeah. spot know, if you want to keep the tr- i have a california house it's tiny yeah <laughs> but yeah we, i think we should do a show while i'm there and then um i don't know that'll be fun all right well that's it for us this week uh like and subscribe uh leave a comment down below and we'll see you next week <laughs>